Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 155. This week's episode is by far one of my favorites. We're talking all about turning your pain into purpose and the power of feeling your emotions, not avoiding them. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I brought on Charles Clay. Charles, welcome. Hey, hey, Heather. It's so good to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I'm in, I live in paradise. I'm in Encinitas, California. And uh, at the moment, I'm in Utah uh, visiting uh, my beloved's family. And um, I've been a neurokinetic therapist as well as um, empowerment coach. And that's led me into doing some really powerful work for men. So I hold uh, men's groups, online trainings, and we've created a roadmap to self-healing, self-discovery, and self-mastery. Okay, I I did write that down. So before we get into that, because I definitely want to touch on that, and I love learning about self-empowerment, but can you give me maybe the backstory about how you turned pain into purpose. And is that what started this whole thing for you? Most definitely. Okay. Yeah, I so think, let's uh, let's I th- go back. Yeah. I think everybody has those, uh, those, those pinnacle moments in life that kind of like shift your whole trajectory. Right. And for me, it was, um, you know, I graduated from Washington state with my degree in kinesiology and ready to help save the world with fitness and health and wellness And um, so I began my career in personal training. And um, the problem was Charles 1.0, I was going training like 10 clients a day, like full throttle, you know, adrenaline mode, running on coffee and um, anything to keep my energy up high, right, for my clients. And then on the weekends, Charles 1.0, I'd go out and drink and, you know, do drugs and um, just pretty much uh, all kinds of distractions and anything that was, um, I thought was fun at the time. Um, and that kind of led me to a number of signs, right? So the universe gives you a feather sometimes like, Hey, there's a a little misalignment here. Maybe you should change your (laughs) direction. And if you don't listen to that, then sometimes you get hit with a brick. Right. And, um, the brick for me was, um, I realized that was, um, facing like adrenaline, um, adrenal fatigue. So I would just crash hard, you know, from all this energy output and then going out on the weekend, staying up late, um, kind of living two different lives. Yeah. And so teaching health and wellness and then going out and, um, not taking good care of my body was, um, way out of alignment for me. And so, um, I started to make some changes, but always felt back to my old patterns. Right. So it wasn't until um, I was up snowboarding one day in Mammoth about nine years ago, and 
this is where I got hit by my Mack truck. That's like, you don't pay attention to the feather. You don't pay attention to the brick. Then something severe happens to change the whole course of your life and get back into alignment. So for me, that was um, snowboarding in a blizzard. And it was just crazy conditions. Um, you couldn't even see like from 10 feet in front of you. It was like a blur of a tree or anything. So we're staying low, being ready for anything. And um, my friends take off in front of me. And all of a sudden, I'm taking off on a jump that I didn't know was there. And I'm in midair. And I can't even see where there's a landing. Um, and I'm just freaking out in this blank canvas. And so I kind of tensed up. And I remember when I landed, it felt like I just took off a cliff. So when I landed, um, I felt this just lightning bolt to my low back. It was like, I just smashed my um, vertebrae and it was so intense that I didn't know how I was going to get down from the mountain, let alone, um, move. Like it was like every move was met by this intense pain. Right. So I'm yelling to my friends like, asking for help. I reach my phone. It's dead. So I'm stuck on this mountain and it's just snows coming from every which way. And I have to figure out how to get down um, in this immense pain. And I, I just remember those moments, like you really, you really channeled my um, like inner Spartan warrior really. And uh, it took everything I could just to like snap my board off, sit on my board and slide down little by little to get as far as I could and then pull over, take some deep breaths. And eventually I made it down the mountain and that was the beginning of the journey. I had to go see all these doctors and um, see if I could get help with all this pain. And it was like an 11 out of a 10 scale. I mean, it was pretty intense. And um, so the doctors I went and saw all kind of had the same thing to tell me. They're like, show me x-rays, you know, S1, L5 is really jacked up. You're going to need surgeries. And, and so I sat with that and um, it really didn't feel good in my body. Like I, I made a deal with myself right then and said, you know, I'm going to try every means necessary, any naturopathic way of healing myself before going under the knife. Cause I knew, I knew somehow I could heal this without getting surgery deep down. And so that took me on this journey of um, really having to surrender to the pain and learn the messages from it, as well as surrendering into the emotions that I did not want to feel for years. And we're talking anger, shame, you know, um, even grief, um, and just like all the heavy emotions that I didn't want to feel. I was realizing that that's why I was seeking these external things such as alcohol, drugs, even Facebook, even, you know, social media can be an addiction. So all these external addictions were trying to not feel like keep me occupied. So I didn't have to sit with these heavy emotions. And so when I finally did, it was super liberating. It was like, you know, this too will pass. Right. So when we go to those depths, it was so beautiful to actually like cry again and, and, and feel the, the deep despair in these places and then see that this too will pass. So then I dropped into a deep meditation and, um, I remember, you know, I was still in a lot of pain. I could, at one point I could barely crawl to the bathroom. So I, 
I said, that's it. I'll put on a um, guided meditation and I'm open to receive all answers to healing this. And that was a game changer for me because I laid in meditation. And during that meditation, a friend of mine I hadn't seen in years texted me saying, hey, check out neurokinetic therapy for your back. I heard it's messed up. So I um, checked that source and all of a sudden discovered neurokinetic therapy, NKT, the work of David Weinstock. And this guy is genius. And so I started researching his work and, and it was connecting so many dots for me that um, I knew this was an answer for me. And I got a hold of him. He set me up with one of uh, his top students in San Diego area. And that's when I had my first session with Christina and she is an angel. She was just a wealth of knowledge. And I mean, I walked into her and I was like, my hip was out one side and my body was on the other side. I looked like Shakira, like stuck in a mid hip dance move. Right. I was a mess and so out of alignment, which was representative of my life at that point. So, um, she got me on the table, did some uh, remarkable things. She was testing my glutes um, and found that there was no signal to my glutes. So I'm like, what do you mean glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes. She's like, yep, all form, no function, right? So then she had me clench my jaw. And as soon as I clenched the jaw, all of a sudden the glutes are firing again. And I'm like, wait a minute, what'd you just do? And so she's like, I know we just met, but she's putting on a rubber gloves. I'm like, I'm gonna have to go in your mouth. I was like, you're gonna do what? <laughs> and so... As she released my jaw, all of a sudden I'm getting a signal to my glutes, my, the, you know, my powerhouse muscles. And then same thing for some of the compensation patterns with my intrinsic core muscles. So what had happened was um, during the trauma and anger and um, repressed, even revenge, all this stuff, right, was locked in my jaw and it was creating a neurological block for my brain. So the message couldn't get to these these big muscle groups to help support stabilize the spine, right? So once we cleared those, I get off the table and I was like, oh, I can move again. I'm in alignment. I'm like just ecstatic, right? And I had this epiphany in that moment that I need to learn this. So that took me on the journey to uh, studying under David Weinstock, um, getting to take the most amazing courses with NKT and becoming a neurokinetic therapist and that's where it really shifted my, um, from my pain into purpose because I was able to not only heal myself, but then use these gifts that I gained in that whole journey to help others understand their body and to help others um, read into the messages and, and pay attention to the feather instead of the brick and the, the Mack truck. You know? And um, so I've been able to help a great deal of people also um, avoid getting surgery and going under the knife from experiencing some chronic pain and all kinds of issues from back pain to neck. And, and so that was a huge milestone in, in my awakening, in my journey and realizing, like looking back, I'm like, wow, that, that accident um, that was so painful was such a gift to me, you know, to, to put me on the trajectory to where I'm at now. And so as I took on more clients and, you know, was um, really elevated my practice and I was able to help a lot of people through that, I realized that there's even deeper lying things beneath the pain, right? When we're able to surrender to pain, there's, a, there's usually an emotional component 
and there's usually a metaphysical component and then the physiological aspect. So, um, so that broadened my research and my, my field of study. So, um, it was always the last thing that I wanted to look at, right? Like my body was full of aches and pains and I didn't want to look at the emotional component because I was so science minded, right? I was like, no, it's gotta be, there's gotta be some way to figure this out physically. And so it wasn't until I discovered the magic and the emotional component and the metaphysics behind it that um, now I'm able to share these gifts in, in group training and, um, and a roadmap to self-mastery, which has been so profound. And um, it's been really exciting to see the results that the men have been getting. Okay. So I'm, I know you saw me, but I was taking tons of notes and I have so many questions for you. And, and I think there's so many deep things that you touched on and I want to ask you about, but the big thing, if I hope people will take away from your story is that life is happening for you, not to you, because I feel the majority of people always play step into victimhood. You know, they, they would have gone through that accident and, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, my life is over and and I'm going to be, Uh, all this pain and damage in my back and then use that for the rest of their life. And instead you were able to step into it and be strong enough to go, okay, I'm not going under the knife. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find another way. And is that because of your kinesiology background? You know, that was more of a a deep intuitive sense. And so, and, and that's one of the things that um, it's really hard for us to, to listen to that voice if we're not able to quiet the mind. So these are some of the things that we get to teach is, uh, you know, methods for getting out of here and into this place. You know, for some people it can be the long 12 inches here can be the longest distance in their life from their heart to their mind. Cause, and, and when you combine those and you're able to operate from this place and connect that with your mind, this becomes a beautiful instrument instead of this, you know, I, I would argue that the root of all suffering is an untrained mind. So when we're able to practice, you know, these, these methods, these trainings and, um, and incorporate them on a daily basis, then, then we're able to listen and understand and feel into our intuition more. And it becomes easier to make decisions. It becomes easier to get answers. And we don't need to seek externally so much for all of these answers. And um, it's actually, yeah, it's been a beautiful path and I'm super grateful. And like you said, you know, I can relate to a lot of people when, you know, it's like victim mode. It's, it's easy to, to default into that that program right because of our backgrounds and what we're used to experiencing and when we don't understand something right it can be very uh fearful so you know i remember thinking at one point like ah my back is i hate my freaking back you know i was like talking to it like it was this different entity right and and you know as i evolve and become a good captain of my ship you know this vessel like each and every cell is like our crew and we are vibrational beings. So being able to take care of our crew and each time we're saying, oh, I feel fat here. Or, I don't look the way I want here. What are you telling? What's that vibration that you're giving your body in those cells, right? You're like telling them to jump shit. It's time to jump overboard. And, and that's what can create this ease in the body, right? So, um, so being a good captain of your ship, is uh has been such a blessing and um and just one of the great things that we get to share with um, some of these methods to 
getting out of the mind, back into the heart, connecting these two. So a good example of uh, when you know you're there is instead of like distractionville where everything's like, ah, shiny things, you know, I got to go here, Facebook, oh, to-do list and all these things that create stress. And then you feel a stress response in the body. It's really hard to operate and make um, really wise decisions from that place. And, you know, it's great that fight or flight mode's awesome if we need to deadlift a car off somebody's leg if they're injured, right? But it's not something that we need to be on uh, a daily basis. In fact, it really like um, has detrimental, um, you know, devastating effects on the body after staying in this fight or flight mode for long periods of time. And I've experienced that. So now getting to experience the other end of the spectrum where you can go from a place of like, oh, okay, what can I get? What can I get out of this, of the mind to dropping in, taking deep breaths, getting into a meditative state and realizing, wow, look at everything I have to give. And it's such a different place to operate from and to make decisions from and to listen from and be in this state of receptivity to get answers. It's beautiful. Well, that's something you touched on when you were in that meditation and you went into it, you asked for help and and literally that's how quickly things can change. You asked for help Mm -hmm. and you woke up from the meditation with a text from a friend. Yep. So my question is, how long have you been meditating? Because, all right, so wait, let me back up. Some people think it's a woo-woo-y. And I, I'm telling you, I cannot, I get messages after nearly daily about the importance of meditation, how we need to meditate, quiet the mind in order to have that, to surrender, let go, let flow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did yeah. you get started? How long have you been doing it? Yeah, um, well over a decade you know, I got into uh, meditation, uh, same around the time when I realized I was in adrenal fatigue. And again, that was a gift to me too, to realize like, wow, I'm just hitting these walls. And then I'm super fatigued after trying to train 10 clients a day. And so I had to step back and take a look at, okay, well, obviously I'm like revved up in these stress hormones, you know, I'm experiencing like my cortisol and adrenaline were through the roof. And so all the resources are going towards creating those hormones instead of all the feel-good hormones like um, testosterone, you know, human growth hormone that allows our cells to repair really fast and feel vital and young and and strong. So um, as I started making that shift, replacing my coffee with um, like spring dragon tea, you know, adaptogenic teas and learning about tonics and, um, you know, making some of those small changes started making big, um, drastic changes. And then I incorporated more of the uh, meditation. And all of a sudden I got to experience both ends of the spectrum, you know, like fight or flight all the way to rest and digest mode. And it took a while, you know, I was like, I got really frustrated at first. I was like, what? I can't, I can't sit here still for like five minutes. You know, it was even, even that was a challenge, right? And I say, if you can't meditate for 10 minutes, then you should meditate for an hour. (laughs) So, um, so I just kept at it, you know, and, and, um, and I got a little bit deeper each time and then, um, it became really profound. It was, that was the beginning of a deep level of self-discovery and, and taking, um, our magic wand, I call it, right. We each have our, our greatest asset in our life. Our greatest asset ever is our magic wand of attention. 
because where, where our attention goes, our energy flows, right? So that's why there's so many distractions always trying to get your attention. And that is our greatest asset. So I always encourage people to take the time to take your greatest asset inward and see and feel and tune in to the infinite intelligence that's already available to us in each and every cell. And it's amazing how much less you need external substances and, and um, you know, factors, you know, when you really take that attention inward into meditation, into these places of, of inner peace. And that's, that's truly the only way I think that we'll ever accomplish, which is totally possible, world peace, is it starts with inner peace. So it's, uh, go ahead. That's so comfortable and so foreign to a lot of people though, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, and, and we sort of talked about before we started this conversation was, and I don't know if it's generational or not, but how many people are out there numbing and avoiding through mm-hmm. alcohol, drugs. Um, I interviewed somebody, he talked all about chasing the high and he's now sober, but literally for decades, gambling addiction, drugs, alcohol, all these things. But p- some people are addicted to working out. Um, mm-hmm. So everybody has their vice. So yep. how, how can you step into number one, being self-aware? Okay, I, maybe I have a problem or I mm-hmm. need a healthier alternative. Yeah. How do you step into that space to get, like you are glowing. So how do you go from, it sounds like you used to live this dual life into just much more awareness and spirituality and grounded and. Mm -hmm. It's a practice. (laughs) It's, um, you know, I still get signs. I'll see like the, the Charles 1.0 programs, you know, it'd be like, uh, you know, your Windows 2007 software like pops up, right? And it's like, oh, I want to go do, um, you know, spend an hour on Facebook doing nothing or, um, you know, do a Netflix binge, right? And and those things are, it's okay. But if, if we can come from a place of like taking a few deep breaths and noticing like, is this really going to serve me? Like what information am I putting in my brain? Is that helping each and every cell in my body and really allowing me to align with my purpose, which will lead to ultimate fulfillment. Um, when we, when we take a moment to check in with those things, um, and that goes for everything, like all the external substances, you know, I I battled this stuff. Um, you know, I just called myself a social drinker. You know, I was in, I realized denial is not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) It's like, it's a real thing. So I was in denial for so long until, Finally, I was like, okay, I need to take a break from this. I need to take some space. So I took um, a month without alcohol, right? And then what happened? I started noticing that slowly I was craving more uh, marijuana, right? So as I was quitting the alcohol, then I started, you know, smoking pot. And then I realized, okay, I'm just transferring it to that. So I'm going to quit alcohol and smoking weed. Then all of a sudden I was like eating more sugar, And I'm like, where is this heading, right? So this is the real self-discovery. This is where the journey really gets unique because um, what I found was that by taking that journey inward and realizing like my attachments and my, um, the the energetic pull to all these substances that I'd been, um, you know, relying on to to not feel something, to escape something or to try to reach um, a level of a heightened state, 
by using these external things were not really serving me. And, and, um, as I started taking space from them, then I could start realizing like why it was that I was, um, calling on these, you know, like for, you know, when I used to smoke, um, a lot of Mary Jane, it was because lungs, right? So lungs, we know in Chinese medicine represent, um, life force. And so it was not wanting to feel grief, right? So bringing in new life, uh, limits that limits that. So what I had experienced so much death in in my family and with, with the ones I love so much that I didn't want to process all that. I wanted to like, Hey, I think I've, I'm through that. Like I want to move on, but we can't just run from these feelings. They are like, we're like packing them in our backpack and they just weigh us down and weigh us down and weigh us down. And so that took me on a huge emotional intelligence journey um, by getting separation from these substances and realizing that, you know, that's why I was craving marijuana was because I didn't want to feel grief. Right. So then I would actually sit with the grief and in that I would find something beautiful, you know, and sadness. And I would go through each of these emotions that I was trying to hide from and realize that, wow, like there's actually a lot of beauty in sadness, you know? And, and so I found these golden nuggets at the bottom of each emotion and and I'm able to share some of those now. And that um, helped me on my journey, both um, not needing the magnetism towards these substances, but also like really learning um, that it's okay to, to feel everything. In fact, we're here enjoying these human bodies. You know, we spend all this time on this technology and smartphones and everything, but the greatest technology is right here. It's our human bodies, you know? And, and so when we're looking externally for everything, then we're missing out on some of the greatest uh, assets that we have, you know, it's like, so as I realized um, each emotion, this full spectrum of our human experience, we have to feel it all. Like there's no getting out of it. We all try to hide the fact that we're, we feel shame sometimes or that, um, you know, we don't want to feel grief or we're depressed or whatever. Like, everybody's experienced it. Like we're all in this together. It's the same emotions that everybody's experiencing in their own way. Right. So why not invite that in and, and feel it in real time instead of packing it on the backpack, which, you know, builds up, weighs us down, creates issues in our tissues eventually. Cause you know, emotions are energy in motion. So when we try to resist it just persists and becomes um, manifests as pain in the body. And you can actually be grateful for the pain. It took me a long time to come to being able to say that because I've experienced so much pain and realizing that, wow, pain is essentially a check engine light from your body, you know, trying to prevent you from a major breakdown. So it's information. So, and, um, and I've been really fortunate enough to, find a number of really unique ways to, to uh, translate that information and use that to clear a lot of these blocks, a lot of the issues and tissues and a lot of the, um, you know, see the underlying metaphysics behind why we're experiencing this, you know, pain and 
why, why this is happening to you. And then when you get these aha moments, you know, it's just fascinating to see my clients like realize like, Oh, that's why this is happening. And that's why my low back pain was bothering me for so many years. And then all of a sudden they're able to do a mind body tune up and they feel like full alignment, um, so much more energy flow, you know, and like, and being able to sit with some of these emotions that they've been holding for so long, all of a sudden, it's like liberation to the max. You know, you just feel lighter. Or like, just, you know, like when I got off that table, um, my first neurokinetic therapy session, I was like dancing. I gave Christina a big hug and was like, I need to learn this. <laughs> you know, it's this epiphany. So, yeah. so for all of the viewers, um, I encourage you to really think about like what have been your biggest challenges? What have been your biggest pain points? And, and if you really dive into that, um, what did you gain from it? You know, what can you learn from those experiences? Because that's usually where some of our greatest gifts lie. That's usually where some of our, um, our passion can be ignited from those places. That's where we can learn so much about ourselves and then take from those experiences, those tragic challenges or struggles, the golden nuggets, right? The, the blessings and the lessons. And that's what we get to share with others that are on that similar journey and that that completes the hero's journey only to begin another one. Right. (laughs) I mean, I totally feel everything you're saying and it actually reminded me high school. I, for years I carried around this little thing and I taped it up. So I, I laminated it in my wallet, but it said, wherever you go, there you are. And that's the big thing about the emotions. I think so many people are seeking travel or seeking the distractions to not feel. But no matter if you move to a new city, shit's not going to change for you because wherever you go, there you are. You're carrying it with you in your backpack. Yeah, that's that's how I put it because it weighs us down. It slows us down. It it prevents us from experiencing, you know, all the greatest things that we can in this life. Um, if we're not willing to go to the depths and, and feel it to heal it. So that's, uh, that's really why I've been called to work with men specifically because, um, they, you know, like myself have just been conditioned to be strong. You know, we can't show weakness. And so this has just created all these programs of like, it's not okay to feel emotions. It's not okay to be, you know, show your tears and, and cry or, or feel, um, depressed or any of these, these heavier emotions. So we just pack it all on our backpacks. Right. And then we're just carrying around all this like pent up energy. It's not serving us. And, um, I just love inviting, um, people into a new level of liberation by like fully feeling that and, and helping them through that journey. And, and one of the ways been able to do that is just through the power of numbers, you know, like, it's the, the old version. Again, I was used to the analogy, Charles 1.0. When I was dealing with my stuff, like I got, you know, having emotional breakdown, I would run off to my man cave. And I'm sure a lot of men can relate to this. And we would just, I would try to process it on my own and like do some writing, journaling, my practices and wait till I was feeling better to come back out. All right, I'm ready to help save the world again. Right. But that's the old way of doing things. You know, that's like hiding out, isolating, um, trying to go through my process alone. I had a lot of fear about being seen in my emotions. I had a, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of shame around that. So um, because of those programs of weakness and that our culture is just 
you know, so prevalent with, um, instilling in, in, in men especially. And so, um, you know, being able to move through that, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to sit with those heavy emotions and do it with others. Like that's why, um, the roadmap self mastery is so powerful because it's not just, um, an internal journey. It's also being realizing like how much help and resources and support there is when combined with the right group in the right container. So it's, it's been really amazing to see, um, you know, these groups of men just, just grow and flourish and align with their purpose and have the courage to share their greatest gifts, talents, and passions with the world. So it's such an honor to do this work. So I have a question for you because I feel like you've given so many little golden nuggets, so many tidbits, so Mm -hmm. many takeaways. What is the number one takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? Mm. Ah, Great question. There's so many of them. Um, It's okay to feel. It's okay to feel it all, like the full spectrum. Like, you know, whatever whatever it is, even if it's the worst thing ever, um, see if you can sit with that. See if you can write about it. See if you can pick up the phone and share what's going on internally with someone you trust. See if you can reach out and get help when you need it because we don't have to run off to the the cave and do it alone anymore. That's the old, slow, snail pace way of doing things. So um, I encourage you to have the courage to feel it, to heal it. So we don't have to keep packing all this energy in our backpacks and weighing us down and keeping us from sharing our greatest gifts. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. I have a few rapid fire questions for you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Mm, You know, uh, it's funny, but it's, it's kind of a quote that I created and it's just two words. It's called vacation vibration. Right. And it's, it's this phenomenon that occurs even when we go and book a trip, right? You book a trip to Greece, right? You're, you're like, Oh, I'm so excited. You know, I just booked this trip to, to the Greek islands, you know, and, and just notice like that feeling in your body, like this excitement for a new experience and novelty. Right. And as soon as you get that feeling and you go on this vacation and you have these new experiences, right. It's like this, new phenomenon where like every everybody you meet's new there's new culture and you just it brings out a different part of each of us right like that's when i'm at my best sometimes and so this so i realized this in in sweden and and all the travels i've done throughout the world like i'm getting to experience this vacation vibration it's like i'm a different person here right and i really like this person so i thought how can i incorporate this vibration this experience of life into my daily life and into my business instead of repeating the same groundhog day over and over and over. And so I found some really powerful ways and uh, I've got, I get, I get to give talks on this and, and share a lot of uh, vacation vibration. And it's, it's so simple. It's just using the power of intention. You know, intention is, is um, so powerful for, designing a life instead of a life by default. So 
you know, I could give you a quick example if you want, but <laughs> so well, and I, I've never heard that before, but I love that because you're right. So many people get on such a high because it's, it's mm-hmm. new and exciting and their quote, you know, leaving the shit behind or escaping mm-hmm. life. No, why don't embracing? I love that by vac- vacation mm-hmm. vibration all the time. Yep. And that's the chapter in my book, uh, better business book co-author uh, there's a chapter called vacation vibration and and it's exactly that like how can we incorporate these really heightened sense these feelings into our daily um occurrence and and into our business really because um there's a way to make it fun there's there's a way to do more more twerking than working <laughs> love it okay second question what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend mm. You know, this is one, this is a gift that I give to all the men um, in our men's groups, in our mastermind, and it's um, the work of uh, Michael Singer. And he's, he's written two really good books. Um, my favorite is Still Untethered Soul. It's just such a gem. I mean, it's one of those books you can pull off the shelf and just open to any chapter and read it, and it's exactly what you need to hear right then. Um, and then he's written the surrender experiment as well, which is more about his life and, um, and just super potent. Um, it's been, that's been a game changer book for my, my life and many, many others. I would agree. I read both. And I think that's, I think I forget which one I read first, but when I love an author, I go find the next and Mm -hmm. hands down would agree must read. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So go ahead. I was going to say a uh, final question for you would be what advice would you give your younger self? Or maybe it's that Charles 1.0. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first thing that comes to mind is the, the being able to feel it fully. Like it's okay to sit with those deep, heavy emotions mm-hmm. um, and feel them and see what's there because um, you know, I, I'll admit, and, and probably a, a lot of people can relate, um, you know, when I, I lost my mother when I was 10. So when I was 10 years old and lost the woman that I loved the most, and I remember sitting at her funeral next to my brother and trying not to cry because of this program I picked up, this belief around like men shouldn't cry and we can't show weakness. And so that was just this heavy burden of sadness that I just packed in my backpack for like years to unfold. Right. So I'm really fortunate because my brother, my youngest brother, you know, I have a big family and he's uh, 12 now. So when he was around 10, around the same age as I was, um, we, we lost my father two years ago. And, um, so, you know, that helped me find my tears again really deeply and be seen fully in my sadness. And that's where I found like so much beauty in just the emotion of sadness, like being able to sit with the fact that my dad is right here in this deathbed and I'm just crying my eyes out, like ugly cry, like just letting it all out. And that's an expression of how much he means to me, you know? And I got to like fully share everything that was on my heart um, before he passed from this life. So that was such a gift. And the fact that my brother was the same age as I was when I lost my mom, it's like, it's like getting to be there for my younger self. 
like getting to be there for my brother through this and let him know that it's okay to feel um, it's been such a blessing. That's been, um, you know, my, one of those many golden nuggets. Um, you gave me chills for all that. And I, I 100% agree. It's to be okay with feeling the feelings. And I love that so many, there's a, a men's group here in Denver, but so, and I know Lewis Howes wrote his book, Mask and Masculinity, but it's awesome that so many men are stepping up and, and getting back into authenticity and the quote mm-hmm. vulnerability and feeling our emotions. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and I love what you're doing. Yeah. Likewise, Heather, appreciate you and all that you do. And um, it's such an honor to be here sharing. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode to connect with me further. You can find me on Facebook Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as heather.hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.